Hello and welcome to the Limerick Post Podcasts. We are Limerick. I'm your host, Keen Reinhardt. Join me each week as we get to know the people of Limerick who are making the city and county what it is today. You can keep up to date with all Limerick news, sport and entertainment by following the hashtag Keeping Limerick Posted across all our social media channels or visiting limerickpost.ie. Joining me for this week's podcast is newly elected councillor Elisa O'Donovan, Social Democrats. I say newly elected, but it feels like a long time ago since the elections now, I'd imagine. How is everything going, Elisa? <laughs> um, you know what? I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Um, you know, I, I ran in the local elections because I'm really passionate about the city. I love Limerick. I'm a proud Limerick citizen. Um, so it was such an honour to be elected. And I'm still on the election sort of buzz and high. <laughs> um, you know, we've had a couple of council meetings and, um, you know, as I said, it's, it's lovely. People have been really nice, you know, and um, everyone in the council has been really, really helpful. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it so, so far. So before being elected, you were very active in the community anyway. Uh, how has that translated into being a councillor? Yeah, I guess I've I've always been um active in in the community. Um and I guess, you know, we were we were just sort of chatting a little bit about this before before recording, but um I guess my my love for Limerick was a bit of a slow burner, do you know? And I think that might happen for for, for a few people. Yeah. Um it, it's interesting cuz the the leaving cert results were out yesterday and and it made me think um do you know I got mine 18 years ago, my Leaving Cert results, um, which is a scary thought. Um, and I got them just around the corner from from where we're recording this in, in Limerick Tutorial. Um, and I have to admit, when I got my results, I was delighted because it meant, brilliant, I'm leaving Limerick. I was here for living here for three years with my family and I was like, I'm out of here and I'm heading off to study medicine in UCD. And um, I left the city then for like a, a decade. I was yeah. I was gone and I was I was living up in Dublin. And um, then about six years ago now, um, I was given the opportunity to move back here with the company that I was working with at the time. Um, And all my family had kind of moved back here. I was, you know, I was just turning 30. So I was like, hey, it's probably time now to leave the, you know, move back home and spend a bit more time with my parents, my family, my nieces and nephews and things like that. Um, And when I moved back, I, um, like, I was a bit, I was a bit slow to embrace the city. You know, I was really lucky that I moved back during the City of Culture. And I I think if I hadn't moved back in that year, I'm not too sure whether I would have stayed because that that was just a fantastic, phenomenal year for the city. And and I think for me, moving back that year, it just showed the potential um, for the city. Um, And I have, like... I guess one thing about Limerick is it, it like I've I've op- I've often um said that my relationship with Limerick is a bit like that of Japanese knotweed and 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 bear with me <laughs> in this that this is going somewhere so like Japanese knotweed for the people who don't know it's like an invasive species um so it starts very small and then it grows and grows um and I think that's what happened to me when I moved back six years ago with Limerick because it kind of started with me like maybe just going down to the milk market or going to an event for City of Culture and then slowly and slowly this kind of love and this passion for Limerick sort of like took over <laughs> um and um you know I guess you 
like I was working a lot with Limerick people and the wit and the character of Limerick people is fantastic. Our heritage that we have around the city is just phenomenal. And and slowly and slowly I started to kind of embrace myself more into Limerick life. And I guess like Japanese knotweed and invasive species, like they do tend to kind of flourish in 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 um, conditions where um, there are pre-existing weaknesses. And I think I always had a weakness for Limerick. Yeah. But I think what happened when I was in Dublin for 10 years, like, I think the national media made me think that, oh, Limerick's this not a great place to mm. live. Like, do you know? Um, but one and, thing I always say is when I was in Waterford, yeah. living in Waterford, I heard things about Limerick yeah. that were obviously negative. But when I came to Limerick, I heard similar things being spoken about Waterford. And I was thinking, that's not how it is. So, you know, yeah. these things can get blown out of proportion a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, do you know, and I think this is what happens. It's a lot. And, um, you know, the people's perceptions of a place. And th- that's what happened to me, I think, for when I was living in Dublin. And then I actually moved back home and I realized, wait, Limerick has got so much potential, do you know? Yeah. And that was, I guess, one of the main reasons that I decided to run, because I, I felt, um, you know, in the local elections, because I felt I was really involved in community things. I really believed that our city just could be like the best one of the best cities in Europe. We're going straight, not just Ireland, <laughs> but Europe. Think big. <laughs> the think world. Big. Yeah. <laughs> do you know? So um and I still believe that. Um but I, I do think it makes a difference that we now have kind of counsellors um who have spent a bit of time living away and mm. then because you do like, you know, I'm I'm very proud of where I'm from and I'm from Limerick, but um I you know, I, it was good that I spent a bit of time away so that I yeah. could come back and see, look, this is how other cities do it and try and bring those ideas back to Limerick. Yeah. Well, we had Ryan on from uh, Aaron O'Carlar on this podcast before and he was talking about cherry picking from all these places he visits, just taking the best things from every city and why not see if they work here. So it would be brilliant to see something like that happen. Absolutely. And um, he's done fantastic work, yeah. actually, with his um, website. And, and um, if anyone who follows him on Twitter or Facebook, in sort of reimagining our city. Um, I think at the moment he's actually living in London. And, and as people can probably tell by my accent, that's where I grew. It's not a thick Limerick accent. <laughs> <laughs> I, I grew up in Crookwood in, in northwest London. Um, and I think that probably experience um, kind of shaped moving back here as well because I, I grew up in um, the suburbs of a, obviously a major city where I always had good access to public transport yeah I had um, a park like there was there was always a park at least like basically almost like in this the, the space of a kilometer from where you live do you know that there's like there is good urban planning in those major cities do you know and that's why people want to live in them and that's yeah. why people want to work in them and we we do need that for Limerick now, do you know, to, to look at those cities and go, right, what can we do to make sure that people want to not only live here and not only shop here, but want to work here as well, do you know? And uh, you mentioned transport there as a, a major issue. Uh, I've started cycling to work for the last month or so. Brilliant. Yeah. How are you finding it? Uh, good. I'm actually Brilliant. enjoying it. Yeah. And uh, you see, I, I'm not one of these people that worry about cars and stuff, you know, so I'm OK. Yeah. But uh the facilities are lacking and in some places where we have the facilities it seems people just don't care there's an ignorance there so i've been on cycle path on wickham street and had people overtake me to drive into the cycle path yeah you know these are issues that the council probably can't fix maybe they can but 
you know, unless people get on board with it, it's going to not work out. Absolutely. And I'm delighted to hear you're commuting by bike. That's great. <laughs> so I must keep an eye out for you now flying down the streets of Limerick. But um, like when we look at the budget every year that's spent by the council, the majority of the council, the highest spend is on roads. Yeah. More than housing or more than anything, it is on roads. And I think, um, and, and also just if we look at, at national transport um, strategies, the majority of the funding is not on public transport. It is not on um, um, active travel or cycle lanes or anything like that. It is on roads. Yeah. And, and we fundamentally need to change this. Um, if we want a kind of, and, and I, I guess when I was running in the local elections and a lot of my kind of community activism would have been around the concept of this, of a livable Limerick. And yeah. obviously um, John Moran and um, people like that did a wonderful campaign a couple of years back for people to reimagine what a livable Limerick is. And for me, when I'm talking about a livable Limerick, um, we're looking at things like um, people's, health and the infrastructure that's around for people and education of people the ease of access for people around the city and that people have stability of where they're living and looking at things like green spaces and things like that i think what has happened when it comes to transport provision in the city over the last number of years um, and not just transport provision but just looking at how we design the city center i think most of the um most of the cons- consultation um and most of the planning has come from the need to build like commercial centers um and i think that's the wrong way to look at designing a city yeah. you know it's just to look at purely commercial interests um and i think we've done that for years and years and it's clearly not working cuz like if you ask any business owner in limerick they will like the majority of them will say that they want cars on the street Bike lanes are bad, um, do you know, things like that. You need car parking spaces, free car parking spaces. But if you look at any successful city in Europe or the world, they are absolutely moving away from um, car-centric cities. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, what we, what we really need is we need to design our cities um, like around... Um, as I kind of previously mentioned, uh, where like we want people to have a good quality of life. Yeah. And um, we want people, to, yeah, we want people to spend money in cities, but people also want cultural um, activities. That's a really um, good indicator of good quality of life in, uh, in a city. People want a good urban environment. People want um, places where they can connect with other people. And I think the milk market in Limerick is a perfect example of seeing this type of livable um, city in action. People spend, like I was down there on Saturday. I literally was there from 10 o'clock to one o'clock in the milk market. Yeah. I went, did bought a little few bits and bobs. You have your music on. Have your music on. I went and had coffees with people. And like, this is, it's a, such an important space for people to connect and, and chat and that social connectedness is so important um so um yeah i mean i guess coming back to the public transport and and the cycling infrastructure you know we, we i just believe that we, we we need to build our cities um around i guess pedestrian priority yeah. and, and active travel 
if you look at now i'm obviously a social democrat dis- disclaimer <laughs> <laughs> so i often look to the nordic model yeah. of urban planning and um infrastructure um, and if you look at kind of scandinavian countries like oslo or copenhagen um they have removed a lot of um car um centric I guess policies um, from their from their city um centers and what they are doing is they are um promoting active travel they t- want to change people's habits um to move towards active travel and what we're seeing in these sorts of countries is you're actually seeing a huge reduction in things like public health expenditure because people are spending less times in cars um, so as a result of this you're not only you're seeing better air quality throughout cities that's reducing asthma and respiratory diseases and um, people are spending more time on foot and cycling so you're seeing a reduction in hypertension heart disease like moving towards these policies are a win-win for for everyone so that's why I'm so passionate about advocating for them. And and coming back to, let's take Wickham Street as the example, that's gone from two lanes of traffic down to one. Mm. And uh, there's a lot of complaints about the backlog of traffic there. But I think is there when, when these changes are made, is there hope that people will just adapt eventually and either decide to take another form of transport or take another route? Yeah, I think um, Wickham Street is a, is, a, is a really good example, I think, of probably a lack of joined up thinking. Um, and I think this is also happening a bit with the O'Connell Street plans at the moment, um, because at the moment we don't have an overarching transport strategy for the metropolitan area. Yeah. Um, yeah there was talks of one uh, by Shane Ross to Shannon and Limerick's transport there strategy. There is, yeah, I think. no, yeah. so it is now, and Cork has got theirs last year, Galway yeah. is getting it. So the National Transport Authority are in the process of... Um, delivering that at the moment. And yep. one thing that I have called for in the last council meeting was to ensure public consultation at the very start of this. So this mm-hmm. is, it's, it's, it's starting now and it should be ready for, um, I guess, public consultation in, in January. Um, but I think that's too late for public consultation. I think it has to happen at the early stages. Um, but um, because we don't have this strategy as of yet, things are kind of happening piecemeal across yeah. the city. So Wickham Street was, but the Parnell Street, Wickham Street was all designed, but the traffic wasn't rerouted to mm-hmm. anywhere else. Yeah. So that's a huge issue. It's it, 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 there. Like I, I walked up there yesterday because I, I, I met with some of the residents and the traders of Wickham Street yesterday. Um, and there was a huge backlog of traffic. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's and you can understand the frustration from people. Oh, I can hundred percent. But so, I mean, really that's down to, I think poor planning like yeah. th- that needs to be re and like Wickham street like is a really small street yeah. that it's been taken that volume and it's not only private cars that are going down there, but also um, public buses mm-hmm. um, go down Wickham street as well. So it's a tiny narrow street that is taking huge volumes of traffic. Um, and like, I, I mean, it, it really needs to be looked at being rerouted somewhere else. But I think what has happened is it's been put on the long finger, finger now because we're waiting for this metropolitan transport strategy. Yeah. And that's what concerns me a little bit in relation to O'Connell Street is obviously, um, as, as, as some of your listeners will know, the um, plans for O'Connell, the part eight planning process has started with um, O'Connell Street. So those plans are out for public consultation at the moment. In those plans, it says that this might change, these plans might change 
depending on what the metropolitan transport strategy they work hand in hand they work hand in hand so yeah. i have to admit i'm i'm a it's re, it's a catch-22 then yeah. do you know because we don't know what that metropolitan and i have to admit i have seen the transport strategies for cork and galway i've had contact from from many of the i guess active travel lobby groups in those who have said to me you need to act on this quickly with limerick because their plans have come from the national transport authority who we know time and time again do not understand the needs of on the ground for 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 limerick transport users so um, the public input is so important so yeah. important yeah. um and that is something that i've always been really passionate about and like one of the things i i did when i when i said i was going to um run in the election and because i think historically in in irish politics this isn't just in limerick I think public consultation has been really, really poor. Do you yeah. know? And I think, like, in fairness to John Warren and his band of livable Limerick crew, they did a wonderful job of civic engagement two years ago. They captured people's imaginations. We should be doing this all the time. Yeah. Do you know? Um, so I'm a big believer that we, we absolutely need citizen engagement. It's it's so important. So uh, looking at those O'Connell Street rejuvenation plans... Um, some people are saying they don't go far enough. Would you think that as well yourself? Yeah, so um, I've had a, a lot of contact from, from people in relation to this. Um, I guess, similarly, I, I did a stall in the milk market. Now, the milk market were very, very accommodating to me because the milk market is a political and religious no zone. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you know, I, I was very clear that it wasn't, a, it was just purely a community consultation. Yeah. Um, but it was wonderful because we had a steady stream of people coming up who hadn't seen the plans um, who wanted to see it. Now, the feedback I got that from that day and from emails that I'm getting and, and other sort of contact that I'm getting from people is they feel that this is just a huge waste of money, the redevelopment of O'Connell Street, the plans they are at the moment. So this is €9 million Euro, um, yeah. to, to, to redevelop the whole street. Um, so breaking that down, that's actually three million per 90 meters per block. So this is a huge amount of money. Um, O'Connell Street is our main street in our city as well. Um, so it's a really, for me, I feel that this is a really important project to get right. Um, the current plans show that um, there will be two lanes of traffic still going down that street. Um, so there'll be two lanes of traffic up until up until William Street. So that whole area outside the Urban Garden, Pennies, is going to be pretty much the same. Um, and then from there on, then, it'll be reduced to one one bus lane and then one car traffic lane. Now, the parking is going to be removed on O'Connell Street. So that means that the, the pavements will be made wide, wider. Yeah. But it will be a shared space. So there won't really be any pavements anymore. Do you know? Um, it will just be all one sort of flat surface, if that makes sense. Um so similar to what we have in Waterford we were talking about before we came yeah. on there yeah so it would be that sort of so yeah and it would be like on Bedford Row so like it'd be yeah. like the shared surface that we have in Bedford Row but we will have car traffic going down it two lanes of car traffic because there'll be a bus lane and then the car traffic going through it I think because the parking is being removed literally the cars going through are going to be going through just to take a short shortcut across the city yeah like that's the only purpose of um, 
you know, having the, the cars going through because they're not going to be able to stop and park. You're not going to be able to stop and park outside Chicken Heart anymore. Do you know yeah. you're going to have to just, it's just going to be a shortcut through the city, basically. And like, I personally would say that I, at the moment, like I love, let's say, Alex Findelator and Co. I love going down there for a coffee. Will I sit outside and have a coffee outside Alex Findelator and Co.? Absolutely not. Even though they have outdoor seating because you've got, Car traffic go. It's horrible. No one wants yeah. to sit outside and have a coffee with car traffic going by. It's just like no one's idea of fun. Do you know? Um, so I think what a lot of people are asking for is, and we're not saying cars are going to be banned. Like that is not what pedestrianisation is about. Obviously, vehicles will need access yeah. to get to, you know, that, the special delivery of chicken hot sauce or, or whatever. <laughs> that will have to be they made. have to get that gravy in, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, obviously there is going to be like, that will be, you know, that they'll be able to be accessed for vans, things like that. You know, there can also be access to residents if there's is residents living on those streets as well. And, and, and you know, to, to, to people with disabilities as well. Do you know, you can you can have pedestrianisation and have access as well. Um, but I think we really need like because what the plans at the moment are doing is they are prioritising the vehicles. So when it is like, you know how outside pennies is at the moment with people just crossing the road. Yep. It is going to be like that for the whole stretch of O'Connell Street. Jaywalking, essentially. Oh, it's it's regularizing jaywalking. That is literally what these plans are going to be doing. They're regularizing jaywalking. And jaywalking is frustrating for pedestrians and it's frustrating for vehicles. Um, I just think it's madness that we have Henry Street, which has got three lanes of one-way traffic. I think, like, we absolutely need to look at the context of removing that lane of traffic on O'Connell Street and redirecting it to, like, I mean, Henry Street is just... I just think, Matt, like, there's been no planning gone into that that street. Mm-hmm. Three lanes of traffic, which are which are barely used, to be honest. Like, do you know? Um, so I, I don't know. Perhaps they could, like, you know, look at other streets around. But I would certainly be saying that um, we need to remove that that lane of traffic from from um, O'Connell Street. Well, like we said, people adapt as well with these changes, you know. But uh, there are some positive changes in the plan. I think personally, anyway. Yeah. Uh, like the street furniture and stuff like that. There is. I mean, they're, they're also, the, the, just to say, some of the things then that they are also adding is a um, public statue, I think, outside um, kind of Bedford Row. And I think they're putting calls out at the moment. Yeah, there's a, they're asking for people to put in their submissions for what they'd like to see. Which is a, lovely. Yeah, yeah I that's think that's nice. really yeah. cool. Because um, I think Limerick people have great ideas and it'd be nice to see something. And another yeah. thing we spoke about before coming on air was the yeah. pride Limerick people have in the city. Yeah. And this will add to it, if, oh. you know absolutely yeah. like you know because i think a lot of people haven't felt a huge amount of pride in the statues judged <laughs> by the reactions recently anyway no statues are a touchy subject <laughs> in lyric i'm not gonna lie and <laughs> um, so i think if this you know i think i really like the idea of this you know it'll yeah. be it's such a great idea yeah there's also adding then um uh, street furniture which is great. And I think then outside uh, some of the, you know, they're, they're, they're hoping to make plazas, I think, outside um, the Church Augustinians and the Rugby Museum. Brilliant ideas, but will not work. You can't have a plaza with car traffic going through yeah. it. Yeah. So, it, you know, it, it really comes back to that lane needs to be removed. If, if any of this is going to be work, if, workable, do you know? 
Um, and I know, like um, you were saying, it, it, like let's say in Waterford at the moment, they have like a plaza space where at the weekends they should have like puppet shows and things yeah, like, like that. Last weekend I was there, there was a Punch and Judy type puppet show. Oh, there was so about cool. 80 kids around watching, like, you know. Yeah. And then the week before there was bands on and this is just not like, on one street it'll be on a few different uh shared space streets and stuff you know yeah. which is great and that really gives gets... people a reason to go to those areas as well absolutely yeah. like because i think we've got this mentality that people only go into the the the, the center to shop yeah you know so that we have to facilitate people driving in so they can shop that hasn't worked that policy hasn't worked shops are closing down um like wickham street was up there yesterday it's like the few shops that are there are fantastic. Mm -hmm. But other than that, it's a street of empty shops. Yeah. There's 17 empty shops on Wickham Street. Um, so these policies have not been working. People go into town because... And I live in town. My sisters live in town. They go into town to do things as well. And that's gets, and they go into town to work. Yeah. So we, have, we can't neglect these people. People go into town to work and to, to shop... And to live. Like, oh, recently, um, there was... Um, oh, it was one of my favourite days in Nimerick. They played my favourite film, The Little Mermaid. I know, I'm 36, <laughs> but I still love The Little Mermaid. <laughs> um, outside, the, in the garden of the Hunt Museum. Um, and it was fantastic. There was loads of families there. And now it was, it was quite a wet day. Like, everyone was still sitting outside. Because <laughs> it was just a lovely thing to do. I then brought my nieces. We went into Mahoney's. We bought books. Um, we went and had coffee, we had lunch, you know, so... Yeah. Like you had a reason to come in in the first place. a reason to come in. Like yeah. I, do you know, like that is why people go into a city is to, for experiences and to enjoy it um, and to enjoy that city space. But why would you go to Limerick at the moment? The milk market. Yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and sticking with this uh, pride in Limerick, so you said you moved back to Ireland City of Culture. Do you think yeah. that instilled a pride in people to see what could happen? Oh, absolutely. Like, do you know, um, I think, I mean, City of Culture was um, just, it was great because it did, it made us see, look, there's so much potential to this city. There's so much that we can do. Um, I think there's a few things where people get their pride in the city. I think as well, like we, the actual city itself, like the heritage of the city, whether it's the, the Georgian um, quarter of the city, whether it's down by... King John's Castle, the Shannon River, um, you know, St. Mary's Cathedral, like it is just a beautiful, it is a hot city. There is no doubt about <laughs> it, do you know? And um, there, like I travel a lot around Ireland, do you know? And I think we all see that like it's such a gorgeous city. Like I often have a lot of friends visiting me and I'd bring them like to the Corrigawa to get something to eat. Um, you know, go down to King John's Castle, go to for a pint in JJ Bowles, and they're like, "This is Limerick." They literally can't get over yeah. it. Do you know? Or, or like have dinner up in the um, Perry Square Hotel, which is a gorgeous Georgian um, um, hotel. So I think like we've just got a beautiful city, and it's such a kept like it's such a secret. I think in Ireland that it's just such a fabulous city. I think the other thing, I think Limerick people are just really proud people um i think the great thing about our city as well and it always comes back to this it's it's it is the people they're, they're super friendly um and they're great and um do you know like 
it's a lovely city to kind of spend and that's why the milk market works so well is just people are just so friendly there and you know it's it's, it's like being yeah. in a village while you're in the milk market isn't it everyone lovely, is talking yeah. to everyone everyone's saying hello and, yeah it is no it is it's, it's great <laughs> so um yeah, I yeah. mean, it's um, like I think with Limerick, it is it's it's moving in the right direction, do you know? Um, and I think things like City of Culture and and things like that have helped kind of move it in that in that direction. Um, like I was, I think there was as well, like with the recent local elections, you did see a cohort of younger, I think, Limerick people who have a real passion about making the city more livable yeah. and, you know, being elected. So I, I think we are seeing a move in that direction that people want that type of kind of, um, that style of living, do you know, um, which is great to see. And uh, you mentioned the local elections there. Mm-hmm. So uh, I've saw, I've seen you donated your posters. I did. Because the posters were a massive topic for the last couple of elections, <sighs> yeah. general and local. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's brilliant. I got a, um, a phone call after um, the elections and um, someone said, look, you know, what are you doing your posters? And I said, probably just recycling them. Well, I did promise now a few to my nieces and nephews to draw all over. So that's <laughs> been done. Um, Still being used for hours. This, oh, yeah, it is. And um, I got a phone call from someone in Phelan Nagrania. Am I pronouncing yeah, that right? Perfect, Sorry, yeah. I was exempt from Irish for leaving search. But um, it's basically DIY Limerick music. Um, they have a music festival on this weekend. Um, and this is totally an organic thing. Just a bunch of people in Limerick who are really kind of passionate about mu- like really good music. They run this festival. I think this is the second year running. Um, so they asked, could they just use my um, posters to do like some sort of poster campaign for the event? So I said, yeah, do whatever you want. <laughs> um, but I saw they put up a, 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 um, a video, a video which is really yeah. cool. Check it out. So I think one of them works for Peak Out Media, which is a really cool creative uh, media company in the city. Um, and um, it's it's down in pharmacy yet. I would, like, you wouldn't recognize it. Like, you can't see any of my posters. What were you it. expecting when you gave it to them? I something cool because like yeah. I know how creative <laughs> and like, when I heard that Picard was involved in it in some way I was like this is going to be really cool do you know because I'm sick of seeing my face so I'm glad <laughs> that it's just um but it's really cool basically like if you look at it from different angles the poster changes um so go down to pharmacy or and have a look at it I haven't actually been down in real life to see it yet but um I'm hoping to go to a few of those things this weekend so this great stuff on in Limerick do you know and then what did it mean to yourself to get to donate the posters to something like this instead of recycling them and just reusing them and yeah like it was great um do you know because it did come up a lot on the doorsteps what are you going to do with your posters and I did think long and hard about running a poster free campaign yeah but I was a new candidate as a first-time candidate it's tough it's really you just can't like you actually would have been a huge gamble to have to have to have not um you know um done that um, because it, it, for face recognition and things like that. Yeah. And like, even though certain people would know me from kind of the work that I've done in um, Headway and then in just the local community as well, and definitely through Swimmable Limerick, you need your face out there on posters, unfortunately. Um, so it was great. And like a few people said to me on the doors, what are you going to do with them? And I did say like, yeah, maybe art or something like that. So I was delighted when they <laughs> took a load of them off me. But actually, at the last council meeting, um, Daniel Butler um, brought up a motion in relation to designated um, poster areas moving forward. Um, and that was something we all agreed on. Yeah. It would just be 
like what Limerick can uh, uh, Limerick can change their bylaws um, to to bring that in. Um, and I think it's a it's a good idea. It's a you step know? forward. Yeah. It's a step forward. And I think if you have a designated area um, that people can go, I mean, what what is great actually about this cons- consultation on O'Connell Street as well is I think for the first time, um, people are allowed to submit their observations online. Um, so and this is part of a smart Limerick initiative. So it's a it's mm. it's it's a move to kind of move like away from kind of paper and paper submissions to online. Um, and I have to admit, I think that's working really, really well. You can see people's submissions. And so far, I think there's only like maybe 10 on there, but it's early days in submission. You can yeah. submit till the 6th of September. All of them are saying it's not going far enough and they want, um, do you know, that vehicle lane removed. Um, but I think more and more we're moving away from kind of paper manifestos and kind of paper things to online do you mm-hmm. know it's it's easier and one thing that i have been trying to do as a counselor is trying to use social media a little bit more um because i have felt traditionally that politicians um now they're getting better at it but like i don't really know what they're up to yeah. most of the time so i say people are sick of knowing what i'm up to because <laughs> i tweet and i facebook and i instagram but like I am being paid by the public, yeah. do you know? And I feel like if people don't want to know that, they'll tell me. And to be honest, everyone at the moment is like, oh, it's great to know that that's what you did today. The transparency know? is the key with a lot of stuff, oh, isn't it? Oh, it's so important, you know? And I just know myself. Like when I'm like, let's say, eating my dinner, I go onto Instagram. So that's what I do. I, I use Instagram stories. I don't use them because I feel... Oh, I'm I hate like <laughs> filming videos on them, but like I would be on like Sinead Kirby style. I love Sinead Kirby styles. You know, Eva McNamara, who you know I love, um, and all those. And that's what I do. And I'm like, do you know? Um, there's another really good Lucy Fitz. She's a she's a she's a makeup blogger, um, a Limerick one. So I, that's what I do when I'm eating my dinner. So then I think, well, that's if that's what I do, go through my social media, then that's what I kind of need to start doing. Yeah as a politician do you know um to kind of try and reach out to people a bit more do you know but, um, oh the other person i'm following now is greg obviously from love island yeah. and is megan scully who megan oh megan's i love megan yeah how could i forget i was, I was following her i beat there um no megan is fantastic and i actually just like and actually one of the things interesting you mentioned megan because um one of the reasons that I wanted to run in the elections as well was I don't feel that there is sufficient female representation in Limerick. And I was seeing all these... Now, I know we can't claim Megan as, as Limerick, do you know? <laughs> but there are amazing women in Limerick doing amazing things. Like, they're all the people that I follow. Megan, Sinead, O'Brien. It's all Limerick women. Yeah. But they're not represented at a council level. Like, we still only have eight... There was no change from last uh, council. It's the same number. I'm the only female councillor in Limerick City West. Um, Do you know? Um, So that makes me doubly delighted that I was elected. Because, like, I do think there are great women doing... And I, I think it makes a huge difference when young men and women see... A, like a female politician. And yeah. when I was knocking on doors, um, like one of the things that was lovely was like kids and stuff going like, oh, wow, it's great to see a, like a, a girl, um, do you know, or a woman at the doors, do you know? Um, and I'm delighted that like for my nieces, I've got five nieces and one nephew in Limerick. And, and for them, I'm delighted 
they can see that look. But it's what, doable. what's the tagline? It's uh, if you can see it, you can be it. If you can see it, you can be it. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't know how I'm here or I collected, <laughs> but no, it was through hard work, do you know? Yeah. And um, do you know, I think it's really important. Like for me, it took me until I was the age of 36, I think, to build up the confidence to be able to do something like this because, you know, that is something that happens a lot with, with women is, is your just confidence gets knocked. And, and it obviously happens with, with guys as well, do you know? But it is, it's a big thing to take that step. Um, you know, putting your posters up there and putting your public image out there, do you know? Um, so, um, so yeah, no, that's one of the reasons that I'm, I'm delighted, do you know, to get elected as well. And uh, we've covered Liverpool Limerick already, but uh, as you mentioned, you're involved with Swimmable Limerick. How did that come about? Yeah, so um, Swimmable Limerick is, is kind of on a bit of a holiday because the weather has just been so... <laughs> it hasn't been the best Well, summer. it has been Swimmable Limerick, but not in the Shannon, but just <laughs> outside on the streets with all the rain. Um, but no, um, Swimmable Limerick is still going because basically our plan now is um and we were in to speak um last week about road closures for a limerick city triathlon so this has always been my goal yeah. um when i started so swimble limerick was basically when i moved back five years ago i started a job um down on steamboat key and every day someone would comment on how awful the river is, we have to put a net over it. There was such negative perceptions with the river. Um, And it was understandably so, because there was a lot of attention around the fact that, you know, um, a lot of people went to the river, I guess, um, to choose to end their lives there. You know, it was was terrible, you know? Um, And for me... um, I guess I just wanted to take, for me, um, the River Shannon and uh, has always been a source of life. Um, going all the way back to the Vikings um, into 2019, the Shannon is a source of life. Like it is like great to see kayaking companies on it, rowers on it. Um, it should be something that's celebrated, not like talking about putting nets over it. Do you know, it's, it's a wonderful natural asset to our city. Um, so that is why I set up Swimble Limerick because I thought, well, what better way to embrace the river is but to swim in it? Yeah. <laughs> so we kind of set up our own little urban beach um, for the last three years now, mainly from the Korogawa Boat Club. And um, we've done a lot of swimming from there. And um, we've had two really sold, brilliant sold out swims um, for Riverfest for the last two years. Um, last year we did a lot of swimming then over from um, the little park near the Korogawa pub Um, and it's just about community people getting together having a bit of a dip um, and everything like that which is which is great and I guess for me it was really important not because I think we have like we talk a lot about Limerick being a sporting city Um, but I, I guess I wanted people to see that swimming isn't just about like from swimming really really fast or or like you know racing or anything like that it's just an enjoyable social healthy activity yeah, there's a leisure side to it there's a leisure side yeah. of it and like we just kind of do a little boggy paddle usually and have a bit of a chat and then come out and have like um, a bit of a picnic and things like that and for me i think this is actually comes back to re- like redesigning our city because we would go have our swim We'd often go then into the Korogawa for a few drinks or JJ Balls. So once you bring people into the city to do something, they spend time there. They spend money in there. And, and that's something that could be unique 
to the city. Like, how many totally. cities do you go into and see people swimming through the river? You know, it's it's, no. it's not a common sight. It's not yeah. like now we do have a tidal river, so you have yeah. to you know be conscious of the tide. Which you learned like on that. your first time out, I think. I did. Oh yeah, <laughs> it took me. I didn't have a clue. I was like, yeah, okay, swimming. And then there's this um, wonderful man called Pat Lysett that if anyone. Um, he, he, he's got a Facebook page called Eye of the River and I would highly recommend following it. He's, he is just one of my favourite Limerick people. <coughs> and I rang him and I said, oh yeah, we're going to go. Someone told me to ring him. And by God, I'm glad I did. Because he was <laughs> like, well, you can only go swimming at this time and this, do you know. Um, and then I guess I learned more and more about it because then I learned that you know what? When we're swimming, we're not just swimming by us. There, there are fish in that river. There are eels. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a great um, guy, Will. Um, he he spoke to me a lot about um, fish migration. And actually, I don't know if any of you seen, but on Twitter at the moment, this kind of fish tube video is sort of going viral. Oh yeah, Have yeah. You seen it, it popped up on my feed yesterday. But like, I I was like, oh my god, three <laughs> years ago, I would just be laughing along with everyone else, and now I'm looking at it going. That's actually we really need that for Undercrusher. I'm like because fish migration is something that's I, I've become really passionate about because um like the fish in the Shannon has really been depleted yeah. over the last kind of decade and and more and um, with a lot of the man-made structures along along the way um so that is something that I've just become kind of really like I said quite passionate about and um, but one of the things there's two things that are in the pipeline with that at the moment one is hoping that we will have a Limerick City Triathlon for the August Bank Holiday next year. It takes a lot of planning and a lot of work because you have to close roads. Um, but really, I just think that would be a great thing for the city. Um, like triathlons are really, um, you know, up and kind of coming, yeah. you know. Um, the Dublin City Triathlon is always sold out. It's huge. It's massive. This would actually be the first triathlon that would be in a city centre because the Dublin one is in Phoenix Park. It's not in the in the in the city centre. So I really think that could be a landmark thing, like the Great Limerick Run, um, for the city. And um, the other thing then that I'm involved with at the moment, kind of in relation to Symbol Limerick, is um, UL. There's a group of researchers um, in UL who have teamed up with other European cities um, for this green project. Um, I we're, They're hoping that they will get funding for it and it will be a considerable amount of funding if they get it. Um, and it's basically looking at green and blue routes and they've chosen Limerick to be the, um, I guess, the, the leader for it in, in Ireland. So what that will do is that they will make a number of like greenways and blueways. So when we talk about blueways, that's like looking at river. Yeah. And um, what they'll do is we'll have like, um, you'll be able to look at what your emotions are like. It's kind of looking at mental health and kind of nature. Um, so you'll be able to put what your how you feel when you're beside the river or how you feel when you're in the greenway compared to like how you feel when you're in a car park. Um, and it's just to map what because we don't really have much you know there, there is evidence around the fact that green spaces um promote better mental health and promote better physical health yeah um but this will be the kind of first time it will be done in any grand scale in 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 ireland so i'm really hoping that well, it's, it's that nice to hear fruition. limerick is leading the way on that or possibly could be leading the way on something oh like i that. think so yeah. and i think a lot of that is coming from this whole smart limerick concept um and um like now like uh, people want to kind of use apps to kind of 
you know track things yeah and i think like i do i can see limerick being a, a leader for that into the future so that's a really exciting project and i have my fingers and toes everything crossed for that brilliant elisa <laughs> uh, thanks very much for joining us on the podcast uh, how can people keep up to date with everything you're doing well as i said i'm on all social yeah. media channels except this tiktok i don't know how to do that <laughs> i'm not learning that i'm sorry <laughs> um but i am at elisa o'donovan on twitter i'm at elisa o'donovan limerick on facebook I'm at Elisa O'Donovan on Instagram. Um, it's also Limerick Underground, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I ran a blog called Limerick Underground as well. Um, so you, you can often keep up to date with things on there as well. And, you know, people, I'm a local councillor now on public property. So people <laughs> can feel free to give me a buzz or an email or anything like that as well. Excellent. Elisa, thanks very much for joining us. And thanks, best of luck with everything. Thank you. Appreciate that. You've been listening to We Are Limerick, a Limerick Post podcast. For more news, sport, entertainment and more podcasts, visit limerickpost.ie.